All right, cornbread. Don't. Just don't. I don't know. I want to. I want to. I want to believe that. Recorded live at the Hawk's Nest on the summit in Pataskala, Ohio. This is Garage Days, underproduced and over the top. I'm your host, Arch Madness. On this week's episode, the top five hard rock news stories with the Gimme Five. We'll go back to season one and South of Eden's Ehab Amran uh, when he paid a visit to the Hawk's Nest. Then that'll be a part of uh, this week's rehash clip, and I'm calling it a clip. Now, I just think that sounds better. <laughs> like that. Rehash clip. I was saying segment. <laughs> I like clip better. Call me crazy. No flight pattern Bob this week. He left his, uh, I need to tell my guests this. I didn't tell you why. He left his curling iron on in Florida, so he flew down to unplug it. (laughs) (laughs) Is that true? We do have Cornbread and his kick-ass theme song ready to go. I think, this is the first time Heartland's heard this, but I think I've come up with a plan on when to play Cornbread's theme song. Okay, more on that later right now <sighs> i want to introduce our guest more than a guest i mean he is he is a part of this podcast's fabric i just wrote that <laughs> before you got here Doug. he's the lead singer of rock house he's a knight of the rock table lord pretty boy of the floyd the one and only doug blessing All douglas right. what's good up? to be back i am so, so sorry that i missed the uh the goodbye or the welcome back Bob episode. There was from, um, a few, from a few weeks ago, and I say this a lot, but there truly was a lot of moving parts to that. Yeah, uh, we were going to have we were going to have you call from Key West. We were going to have that would have been a bad idea. It was a bad. Idea. It was a bad idea from the start. From the yeah. start, we also talked about Heartland and I had talked about um, what we're we going to do. We we're going to get his son Jordan to call. I think it was he in L.A. or New Orleans or something. Yeah, right, right, right. So. Yeah. But we were going to have him call you in. Know, it just it was one of those deals like, so then we decided we were going to vote on cornbread and all that All that was happening. <laughs> like, you know what? And then, like, Anthony Clay and the boys from Green 13 were set up in here. There was just truly, and I say it a lot, but it's true, there was a lot of moving parts, there Doug. Was. Yeah, and what could have possibly gone wrong having somebody calling from Key West, another person calling from New Orleans? Right. You know, what could have possibly have gone wrong? I think we'd have been fine. I don't think it would have skipped the beat, the show. Yeah, right. You know, it's underproduced, I tell you that, but I'm going to let everybody kind of look behind the scenes here a little bit, behind the curtain. I shaved about 15 minutes off of that voting process. Like, Is that right? Well, yeah. you know, probably, it's, probably it's a good been a pretty hot minutes. debate. Probably a good 10 minutes. Yeah, when I voted for myself. And yes, we all remember. We all, we all remember <laughs> that one. So before we even get into the, the rehash, the gimme five, I also want to, and you could hear Cornbread in the background, I, I want to talk about, I want to discuss his theme and his role. Yeah, I think show. it's Im- important. I'm glad I can be here to for this particular episode because I think this is going to carry on probably for years to come. Years. Yeah. Years. Like, <laughs> at least, like, more than six months, I would imagine. <laughs> Doug, let's, before we do any of this stuff, yeah. let's, let's get caught up on you. On because, me, okay. Because, well, here's the deal, man. I, I want to hear about... Key West, these are the things. Just let me get this out now. Let me outline it, and then, then right. if we don't you know, do it, then that's, that's on you. So we're going we're gonna to talk about the Key West trip. 
I want to talk about I want to talk about the Hollywood Casino Show. Yeah, which I could tell in your post it meant a lot to you, and I could tell when you were talking to me and Cornbread here before the show that it meant a lot to you. So I want to talk about that later on in the show. We'll talk about upcoming gigs and where people can find you. If anybody's listening to the show, they know where to find you, bro. I hope okay, so. Yeah, I hope so, but let's let's. Uh, Let's start in Key West because let, let me just, do you know, like my friends, like your friends were like, Doug's on the beach again. <laughs> Doug is, he is camping. Is, is that the Grand Canyon? I can't really tell. It looks like there's some sort of, is that the Smokies? Where is he at? And it's, so there's, there's always something, dude, you guys have been on the, on the road. I absolutely love it. Let's let's talk about Key West first, okay. and then and dude, I didn't know that stat that you had thrown out like nine out of eleven yeah. dates there were out of state, which I just think is incredible. It, it kind of hit me when we were when we were uh, when we were down in Florida. I'm like, man, we have like you know we actually are like playing a lot of Isn't shows all, on the road, and then the I looked best. at our schedule, the upcoming schedule, um, and uh, and I was like, you know, this is like. We're actually playing a lot of shows on the road, you know, which is something that I nine always out of aspire 11. to do. Yeah, nine, nine out, out of 11, 11 shows in the last uh, month and a half were, uh, were out of state. So that's pretty cool. For yeah. people that are just maybe new listeners to this show, tell them about the whole Key West. And here's the deal, folks. They're playing Sloppy Joe's. I mean, that's like if when you go to Key West, that's that's the place, Doug. Yeah, it is. How did that start and where is it at now and how was your last trip? I mean, it's a it's a great story about how it started. I'll, I'll, I'll give a, a quick version mm-hmm. of it. And I, I've told it a lot of times over the last, you know, six years since we played the first time. And people ask me a lot, like, how in the world did you guys get booked there? But it literally was nothing more than me walking in there one time when I was on vacation with a group of my friends and watching the band play and hearing the songs that they were playing and looking at the demographic in the room and being like, man. We would kill it here, you know, just, you know, I mean, I've been playing live music out for a long time and you, you kind of know like where you fit and where you don't, you know, and I looked at the round the crowd. I'm like, this is like, this is our crowd. These are the same kind of people we play to back home. And um, so I started going through the process of trying to find out who books the bands there and stuff. And obviously they get bombarded with bands from all over the United States about playing there. Well, yeah. Um, and, you know, no bullshit. It, it took me two years to finally get get it nailed down and actually make it happen. And, um, when we finally did get to play there, uh, it, it was one of those, the most memorable moment, um, of my career, if you will, as a, as a cover musician that wears a wig on the weekends, but, <laughs> but you know, to want, to want something so bad and, you know, right want to play on. somewhere because I love Key West. So I really was like, man, it'd be awesome to be part of the music fiber down here to play there and the manager sat me down at a table when we, when we were at the end of our week of, of shows and said, how many times would you guys like to play here next year? Damn it. And I'll never forget that conversation as long as I live. It so was, how many are awesome. you guys doing? Two? Two is the absolute most that we would ever be able to do. Okay. I mean, and, and the, there's a couple reasons for that, but the biggest reason is when you play there for a week, you play Wednesday to Tuesday. So you don't play Saturday to Saturday. And, you know, the reason being for that is the way that it's a vacation town. So when you play Wednesday to Tuesday, you catch two weeks worth of people that are on vacation. You catch people that are the end of the week and you catch people that are just coming into town. So if someone's there for a week, let's say they get in town on a Sunday and they leave the following Saturday. That way they don't see the same band every single night at Sloppy Joe's. Um, So because of that, um, you know. Some of the guys, you know, when my band stretch, especially, you know, especially he has to take two weeks off of work to go down there and play for one week right. because it falls in the middle of two different weeks. So he's got to take those two full weeks off. So, um, so yeah, two weeks and we do the spring and the fall 
And, um, you know, it's seven nights in a row. And, and you, anybody that, you know, listens to this podcast that plays in a band, you know, think about uh, the last four hour show that you played where it was just balls to the wall the whole four hours. The place was <laughs> packed. You're sweating your ass off. You're giving it everything you have. Um, and you walk out of there with a big ass smile on your face and you do that seven nights in a row. It's super fun. It's a grind. It's exhausting, but it is absolutely amazing. When are the two weeks? Now we're going to, we're going to talk about this most recent visit. Now are they, are they the same time every year for you guys? Are you locked in on this or it's not like necessarily locked in, but it's pretty much, we try to hit the same time of year every year. Um, really it fits good in our schedules and it, it, with specific weeks down there that we like to be there. So in, in the spring and April, we play what's called Conk Republic days, which is, I can't remember what year it was. It was like back in like the seventies. I think that Key West seventies, early eighties, Key West, uh, decided to, uh, break away from the United States and become the Conk Republic, like form their own government. It lasted for one day. So it was like their quote unquote independence day. So they celebrate that every year and they have a boat parade and they have all these crazy games and parades and stuff down the street. They have what they call the drag races where they drag Queens race down the street in high heels and stuff. But America won at the end. America did win. Let's be honest. Strangely enough, Key West military was not able to overcome the United States won. So we do that in the spring and then the fall, uh, we usually end up hitting on when it's a big bike week. So there's a, a Key West, um, used to actually have its own bike week, but now they, they don't have a Key West bike week. What they have is a, a poker run, a bike poker run through the Keys that kind of, uh, kind of convenes in Key West. So obviously, uh, playing 80s rock and roll um we're a perfect fit for for that crowd you know so this last this last trip what do you got for us what was what was different about <laughs> this one give us a good story well, what, do you, what do you got well i'll tell you what i i will say strangely enough you'd be you'd be shocked but like you know i'll give a a, a, a you know uh, props where it's due. The staff at Sloppy Joe's is incredible because they do it every single night. You know what would be the busiest night of the month for any bar around here? <laughs> no that's kidding, what their man. that's what their nights are like yeah. every single night. Yeah, that's a Tuesday. So they diffuse fights really quickly. Like they don't usually even happen. Like the the bouncers are in elevated positions by the stage and so forth. So whenever you can feel that there's some tension in the room between right. g- different groups of people, or there's a drunk guy that's bumping into a lot of people, and people are giving him the eye, like I'm going to kick this guy's ass if he doesn't stop bumping me they diffuse that stuff really quick however we did have uh what i can only remember as our i believe it was the first real fight that we've had right on. Uh, in the room this yes. time you got heart and it was attention. a girl fight it was two. Oh, you got everybody's two, attention now you got it was two camps of girls that uh oh. yeah and oh, uh, key, heartland right chicks at key west fighting so what yeah. happened did they so like- it was like you know it, 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 the place is you know jam-packed oh. and and you can obviously oh. see the heads moving around and all of a yeah, sudden i see the heads really start moving around and I can kind of see to the back of the room what's going on. And I can tell that it's girls. going. I can see a lot of hair pulling, you know, mm-hmm. tables getting knocked over yeah. and everything. And yeah, so that was that was pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Uh, there was win, dude. there was a uh, I think it was the first night that we played. Um, I'm like in mid, you know, I'm I don't know, saying something stupid between songs and and a, uh, a shirt piece of clothing flies to the air and literally lands right over my head, covering my face. And I'm assuming it's coming from a woman or at least hoping that it is. And yeah. I take it off and it wasn't, it was from a, probably a guy older than I was that had taken his shirt off in the front row and, and thrown it over my head. So I don't know if that was out of respect. Wow. Yeah. Honest to God. So I don't know if that was out of respect 
uh, or uh, or what. But uh, hey. um, yeah, I mean, that was a little unexpected to say the least. Man, that was opposite ends <laughs> of the spectrum. You had me, then you lost me, Doug. Yeah, I bet. I so, bet. Gr- but a great crowd. And here's the thing, man. Can we? Because I'm trying to remember, did we see you guys online? Is there a camera at Sloppy yeah. Joe's where people can watch that? Because that that f- I remember seeing the first. Remember Heartland? We watched their first couple songs on a set, and I couldn't remember if it if uh, if that went the whole time or how they do that. If it's yeah, sporadic, it's, it's 24 hours a day. You can go on their website, and they have a. It's called Live Stage Cam, and it's just mounted to the ceiling, like right out in the middle of the crowd. Um, and uh, and it runs it runs all the time, do so you, you know, can literally just get on their website and, and click on it, and you can watch any band. Yeah. What, do you know the next time? And did you say? Did you know the next time you're going? Uh, you yeah, October fifth uh, through the eleventh. Right, well, you'll be year. you'll be out of here before yeah, yeah. that, so yeah. we can. So we'll not get, yeah, not until October. We'll but, get um, caught up on that. But wow, man! Yeah, so a that was some fun stuff. We had yeah, we had we had a couple uh, couple of crazed uh, older women <laughs> jump uh, jump over the uh, the trash cans that mount the front of the stage. They jumped over them to get up on stage and dance uh uh it was it was honestly it was it was super fun every night and i think the thing that uh um impresses me the most about that is like uh the demographic i mean you look out it is 21 year olds and it's 80 year olds and everything in between and it's people from all over the world there are have you know uh, there's probably at any given time 50, 60 people in that room that, that aren't from the United States that don't barely speak English, but they know all these songs. Okay, so what works the best other than Don't Stop Believing? What what, what works the best? I got to be honest, Don't Stop Believing, it's it's obviously a hit there, but there are other songs that- Okay, that, what, what works the best? Um, Honestly- <laughs> What do you think? One of them I'm going to be embarrassed no, to say, dude, but you'll understand care. why. I don't the, care. The first, we, we did, uh, we added a new song this time because I thought that it would work well there, and, and I wasn't disappointed. We added Take Me Home Tonight by Eddie Money, uh, which right was on. huge. Nothing wrong with that, yeah. dude. Nothing wrong uh, with that. Uh, Here I go again. Okay, huge. This especially this time. Yeah. Uh, the song that is the easiest song go. to get that house rolling is "What's Up" by Four Nonbalans. Oh, when wow. you got a room full of, you know how I feel about that. Yeah, song. I know. I right. I, I, I was like I said, I was embarrassed to say it, but when you let, I don't even, I don't see even sing the chorus because the whole room is singing it. It's I, crazy. It's ridiculous. Doug, when anyone plays that song, I don't think I've ever seen a place not go nuts. Mm-hmm. I, I get yeah. I get it, and it's it's seriously it's, it. it's like it's throwing a softball down there. We don't obviously right. usually that's play low that hanging song. Fruit, it's ain't it? totally low hanging yeah. fruit. But like you know, you get in you get into like you know, we play till one o'clock, uh, one thirty in the morning. So you get to around the one o'clock hour, and you want to keep the crowd engaged. You got to throw a couple softballs. Out. So, but what hasn't worked? Has anything not worked? Because I, I didn't <laughs> yes. know if you ever had to like tell Stretch, "Hey, Stretch, uh, I know you love them, but we can't do Green Man Alicia." Yeah. No, it's right? so. it is it is uh, honestly we have, obviously Stretch is a we, we're all big Judas Priest fans. Stretch is obviously pushes for it. He'd yes. play every all Judas Priest. Yes, he would. Man. The Judas Priest stuff. We always him. try to wing one in there here or there in the first couple nights. And they and they always die on the vine, unfortunately, you know. Um, but <laughs> this um, one's called another thing coming, you know. And then you get like, yeah, all the ladies yeah. leave the dance floor yeah. and go get their white claws. So, so <laughs> dude, that is great, man. Yeah, it's funny. And, and really, how cool you you brought up Stretch. And as far as I can't imagine, like hanging in Key West with Stretch for like a week, like that's. That's a that's a bucket list oh. item for You'd me. You'd be sorely disappointed because he sleeps like twenty <laughs> hours out of the day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, right. And the only two people now in my lifetime, over fifty years, the only two people I know that can take two weeks off in a row. Mm-hmm. That'd be Stretch 
and Daddy Wax. And Daddy there's Wax. A, there's, only, there's only two people I know that can pull something off like that. You got some pull yeah, if right? you can do that. That's right. He's got 35 years in the Kroger, so I mean, they're right? probably happy to see him take the time Before off. we get to the Gimme Five, we've got some great stories this week. Uh, we want to talk about the cornbread theme, okay, and his role on the show. Um, I also, first off, cornbread. Great to have you back. Last week, he was... Now, he's a Lancaster boy. Yeah. So, he was at the Rat Bastard Syndicate and Bourbon Train. Like, two of my favorite local bands. And two of my favorite bands. Two of my favorite bands. Yeah. Fantastic right bands. So, number one, I told you, how awesome is Bourbon Train? Oh, they're awesome. Incredible. Oh, yeah, exactly. They're and, absolutely awesome. And then, as far as Rat Bastard Syndicate... What was the one thing you picked off, uh, picked up from that show? Because I, I know exactly what it is. It's, it involves Keith Pickens and just how violent he is, oh, right? Yeah, Keith is just unbelievable. <laughs> the drums. I don't know if anybody hits He's, the drums harder nobody. than he does. I, I, honestly, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and that amazing. pocket. He beats the skins like yes, no yes. But almost with um, with just that that inner clock. Look, I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know. But but Keith Pickens is is probably one of the best drummers in the Midwest. Oh, yeah. He's fantastic. He, he's fantastic. Yeah. And, and, but, man, that pocket he gets in, I mean, it's almost, it's, it's a Phil Rudd-type pocket, but if, like, Phil Rudd and, and, and Mickey D or what, I'm just trying to think, somebody is a little more violent. Yeah. And it is. Very heavy. Yeah, yeah it's he's, heavy. He's he hits. Yes. 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 Yeah. yes, yes, yes. All right. For so, sure. here, so here's what we're going to do. So the shows were awesome. This was going to be about oh, yeah, you. and not Okay. Now. His theme song. Bob's not here. I told you about the curling iron. And, we haven't and had a plane go over yet either, which is I'm amazing. A little, I'm shocked. Yeah, maybe I honestly little, thought, uh, usually when he's not here, we're going to get about 40 <laughs> in, in, in about 45 minutes. But that's not the case so far. So Cornbread's theme song, let's be honest, it kicks ass. First time you heard it, Doug Blessing. Uh, okay, so uh, I actually, I, I texted you. I took a screenshot <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> so I was laying in a... <laughs> I'm going to try to get through this without laughing too hard because I'm going like getting flashing back to when I was in the moment. So I was laying in a, in a, a lounge chair by the pool. Yeah. Sitting there. And it doesn't I had, sound like you, Doug. I had my head, I had my headphones on now. Not, not Apple earbuds because I'm not nearly that high tech. I had like full on like over the ear headphones on the pool. Yeah, right. Come on. And uh, so I'm sitting there. So I think I screenshot you. I'm like, I'm getting caught up on my episodes. I was like four or five episodes of Garage Days behind. So I listened like the, uh, the Soga episode, which I love, where he talked about Joey C. Jones mm. and the whole history of Shock 2 and everything, which I love because there's a lot of details in there that I'd never heard. I've had some great people I in love here, it. man. Uh, the guy you had from Texas. What was that guy's name who owns the club down oh in Texas? Oh, my gosh. That was freaking Cooter's amazing, Pub dude. Down yes, there, Cooter's right? Pub. That episode was fantastic, dude. What a great spot, oh, it was isn't great. it? Don't you yes, want to go to Cooter's I, Pub? Yes, I'd love to go play at Cooter's Pub, man. That was I awesome. saw Enough's Enough, so it, it, uh, Pretty Boy Floyd, so the Glam Slam's hitting it. At Cooter's Pub? Yeah, I just oh, saw, I think man. that was just That's, announced. We'll talk about that after the show. Yeah, Will Shannon, awesome so then, dude. Go so for it. So it was the, uh, it, it was obviously um, the episode, the uh, Welcome Back Bob episode, was was when Bob. Cornbread got the name. Right. And then the following episode was the Anthony debut. Anthony Clay, the, the turnaround. Yeah, Anthony Clay came through in a pinch, yeah. put together a brand new theme song. So what was the episode after the Welcome Back Bob? I'll have to look it up. Uh, I don't remember uh, who. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Right. It was half of cat, you know, half uh, of rat Cattail bastard Brew, yes, and cattail. Yeah. yeah it was so it was that one when you debuted. So I'm sitting there and listening to that episode. Right, we did debate. And now by this time, that. I'd listened to four episodes in a row and I've been sitting in pools. So I was a handful of cocktails deep. 
Right. It's the best uh, way to listen to the show. It was, yeah. And, uh, and that theme song came on, and I busted out laughing in, in spite of myself, sitting right. by the pool. And the lady, <laughs> the lady next to me, like, snapped her head over, looking at me like, yeah. what is he laughing at? You know, right. like, <laughs> so, did, I'm she sitting, get, did yeah. you tell her about Twain and Cornbread? I, I, no? There's no way I could have described no it agree, but, but I, I literally <laughs> sat up in my chair and, and, and like, laughed out loud in spite of myself because it, it was like, it just caught me by surprise. And it was super funny. So, what I think we'll do, and Dwayne is kind of a, how should I put this? And I'll let Heartland kind of nod or, or disagree. He's kind of a jack of all trades. <laughs> Heartland, he's a jack of all trades. So, I mean, if you, look, if, you know, the building of the homes business. So if there's something yeah. uh, like some sort of, you need to build something. If we need a measurement, we're going to ask him. Yeah. I think weather wise the dude yeah. like you heard him telling stories earlier like uh, yeah. you can pretty much he'll tell you if he doesn't know and i'm sure he will arch he played softball on a team sponsored by a strip club thank you i mean there's no thank you where do you go that, from that's there it. the resume's full at that yeah, point yeah i mean that's it yeah that's you're hired like, yeah you're there hired. you go so <laughs> you so, put that one at the top <laughs> you put that at the top <laughs> so my thing is what if like whenever someone has a question we kind of lean on Cornbread. Yeah, if we don't right? know the answer, so, there's for that's example, the best place to now go. Now watch. So here we go. This I'm gonna give him. Uh, this will be flight pattern Bob's mic. So it'll be it'll be the same situation. But for example, all right, Doug. Here we go. This is for example. Oh, there's a party going on like a double Hey, Cornbread, what's the weather going to be like this weekend? Sunny. Sunny. See? Sunny, yeah. See? See? He knew that. I feel better Heartland, already. did you know? I do know. <laughs> <laughs> he does now. So, I, Arch, I, gotta, I wrote this down when I walked in your Is garage. Is there a question? No. It, well, I'll fire yeah. it up. <laughs> if you have a question for Cornbread. Yeah, actually, I do. Uh, you want me to hit it? Yeah. All right. Yeah, All right. Let's get, we'll get, I'll give him the, oh, the small version. Uh, Cornbread, how long does it take to get from Strongsville to Broadview Heights? <laughs> wow. Strongsville. Two and a half hours. Two and, Two and a half, half hours. hours. There you go. Boom. Okay, great. Right. Well, I'm glad, right. I'm, right. I'm glad I didn't listen to the GPS because it said it only took 35 minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I right? would have been sorely disappointed as I'm driving down the highway. Yeah. Realizing Adults. I still had two hours yeah. to go. Yeah, dude, don't. You got to remember there's. Exactly. See, the things that he's well, I, how, about. That's why I lean on you to know those things. Ahead. Yeah, there's no way I would have Two known Two steps this. ahead, bro. Right. Two so steps I, got ahead. A, I got a good story for you guys. I'm, I'm glad Heartland's here actually to share this. So uh, we it had just- Joe Burrow? What's, no, I'm sorry. Go for it. No, tell me. No, it doesn't. That's, we're good. What, so we had just uh, just a few weeks before uh, we left to go down to Florida, we played a weekend in Knoxville, Tennessee, right? Mm-hmm. So- uh, I'm up on the stage and I, and I, one of my favorite things about playing outside of Columbus, I love talking to people, you know, I love coming down the breaks and hanging out after we're done playing. Yeah, and I man, love talking, sure. I love right. hanging with You're the local, yeah, person, I, I love, you know, hanging out, drinking beer and just shooting the shit and, you know, talking about whatever. And I see this dude down front, looks like he's probably, you know, he's, he's our age, he's fifties ish and, uh, he's digging the music and he, and he had on a dirty honey shirt. 
So I came down, you know, after we were done, and, and I've come down at the end of the night, and I shook his hand. I was like, hey, man, you know, thanks for coming out, and whatever. I was like, I, I, I dig the shirt, man. I was like, I, lo- I love Dirty Honey, a great band, you know, and have you got a chance to see him yet? And he's like, he's like, yeah, I have, and we talked a little bit. And, uh, and I was like, well, who else? I was like, if you, I was like, I know it's cool that there's actually some, some good rock bands that have come along, you know, in the last several years. Um, you know, and uh, I was like, who else are you digging on these days? He's don't like, say it. I swear to God, don't this is a true story. It. Honest oh, to God, true story. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, you know, I, he's like, dirty, I love Dirty Honey. He's like, yeah. but I tell you, I really Who's dig this. better? I really like this say band. It, you, you've probably never heard of them. They're called South of Eden. Mm. And I was like, mm. I was like, dude, mm. they're from Columbus, man. They're from Columbus. Yeah, so I like get all Damn freaking straight. jazzed and I'm like, Damn you know, straight. dude. So I tell him, you know. Once everybody I'm hears. like, I, you want to know about South of Eden? I'll tell you about <laughs> South of Eden. You know, it's like, so I was so excited. I was like, oh. and I was actually, uh, you know, I was, I'm sure I'll probably run into Tommy first right. out of those guys, but, uh, I was like, I can't wait to tell them that somebody, you know, told me that, yeah, I like Dirty Honey and I like Mammoth VH, but man, there's this other band that I found called yeah. South of Eden that I absolutely, you know, like, that's, that's it. I, yeah. That's what we're all And thinking. he's in Knoxville, Tennessee. So obviously the, 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 you know. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So it's a great feeling when you know that somebody outside of your, dem, you know, your yeah. immediate area digs this, your music, man. This that's cool. might be next week's rehash clip. Okay, just because that, that fires yeah. me up, man. I, it was exciting. That it, it fires really me up when I hear. So stuff obviously, like I that. sat and hung with that guy the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah, he knows yeah. what he's doing. Yeah, he was a cool dude. Yeah, but anyway, I was like, yeah, this guy's got to be cool if you know if he knows South of Eden. But. And speaking of South of Eden, that will be this week. You know, should we do it now? You want to do a little switcheroo? I'd love the- to hear that. Yeah, right, actually, so, I, I haven't heard that, so I'd love to hear it. Uh, so here's the deal. Uh, this week's rehash clip, it's from season one, South of Eden's Ehab Amran. So. We record this on Wednesday, and this is uh, Wednesday the 18th. So this is, believe it or not, this is the fifth year anniversary of Chris Cornell's passing. So technically, last night was when he played the show at the Fox Theater in Detroit. And then about 12.15, they found him in his hotel room. And and this, I'm just kind of, you're looking at me. I'm just riffing like a jazz musician. But it was in that 1 o'clock hour when he was pronounced dead. So it was that technically the following day. Mm -hmm. So... I'm like, oh my God, I remember when Ehab came in and he was just playing all these different songs and we, we discussed him because uh, there, there are some Cornell comparisons, mm-hmm. okay? And Ehab didn't even, I, I don't know if I, I, I might've cut that part out of this, but let me tell you, he's he's not there. He doesn't think that of himself. You, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, if you, if you talk to Ehab, it's, he's like, yeah, I get it. I see what people are saying, but this guy's amazing. Whatever, it's just, that's what makes Ehab even more, cool yeah. is is his attitude so but he did a because he's a huge michael jackson fan billy jean but the chris cornell version oh yeah, right awesome. so he did that here in the garage and it was mm-hmm. really really cool so i think that would be a nice little tribute to chris cornell and it's it was just a really great moment and the the thing about the ehob show the one with anthony clay we had rain like we we were supposed to kind of have that tonight i was excited about that but the ehob show was later in the summer so you heard the crickets and the frogs and everything. And this is one of those clips where you can hear it. You can also hear Heartland at the end, like, yeah, dude. So, like, that's that's the, that's so the Garage Days really day stamp on every <laughs> yeah. live performance is, yes. is Heartland at the end there. So check this out, guys. But this is uh, Ehab Amram. This is, uh, today is the fifth anniversary of Chris Cornell's passing. Of course, it'll be a couple days down the road when this gets released. But uh, check this out, guys. You're going to dig this. 
Let's just no, Let's you just get see. to do that. You get Let's to do see. that, don't you? I Hasn't mean, anybody? Have you been on a podcast where you brought your guitar and like? Yeah. I've never done anything like this, dude. Yeah, see, that's well, why I love you. I love not, doing crazy things with you like this. Right, it is so kind of crazy. At what's times. a? What's a? Okay, you know what? What's up? Can I do something obscure? Yes. And something that I haven't done in a long time, and it's a cover that Chris Cornell did of one of my favorite artists. Okay. So he covered Billie Jean, um, on an acoustic guitar. Yep. And I want you to do this. And I've. Uh, dude, I've never again. I, I've, I've never done this, but I'm sure I can figure it out. I'm sorry. I think you got. I think you've got it figured out. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Archie. You asking me if I'm ready? Yeah, I try to remember it. <laughs> Holy shit, dude! Can that can that be the intro, please? Oh, yeah. Can we keep? Yeah, I'm just gonna That's turning fine. my mic. I'm down. sorry if I messed turning up my, my mic, mic down now. Right. Now. <laughs>
could stand when she's in demand of Ihab, Amran, uh, yeah, man. That's fun, dude. I, I haven't like sat here and just like jammed on a guitar like that. No, because I've been like focused on like writing a little bit, you know. So not so much vocals. Okay, 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 Ihab. We're 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 done here. <laughs> we're done here. We're done here. What do you, th- Doug? Yeah. Go for it, man. Yeah. Hey, I also want to uh, give a shout out. You guys aren't going to believe what just happened. Uh, I always mute our microphones during the rehash cut. Uh, I'll get to what happened here in just a few, but I do want to give a shout out to Jimmy and everyone over at somewhere in particular. Douglas, you were you're hip to this place. It is, right? yeah. It's actually not too far from where I live at. It's it's in a uh, cool old house. Um, they got great beer there, man, and a great patio. So Jimmy stopped by, and he's like, "Here, man, here's a little something to. I'm going to try and get him on, and I tap that. Be cool to get him out here at the garage." But this one is called Deflate Gate, and this is a New England hazy IPA. So I uh, I poured some out for everybody here tonight, guys. Yeah, was that that was good, Legit. wasn't it? Yeah, yes. Heartland, yes, right, yes. Cornbread, everyone, everyone. So I got a, a question real quick. For, go for it for Cornbread. Okay. Oh, oh, um, oh, you do. Okay. Well, well, you know what? I have a little. I have a little something for that. Oh, there's a party going on. What do you got? I was wondering what what do you think the APV was of that hazy? Oh, what do you think? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to hear him say that. That's the answer I've been waiting for all that night. That was that was yeah. I don't so, fucking know. That was at the meeting. We said, "Well, Dwayne, if you don't know, just say you don't fucking know." And he's like, oh, "I don't fucking know." And then he just <laughs> Wow. That was when you say it like that and when he says it like that, Oh, there's a party going on. You got to close it with this theme song. <laughs> that doesn't mean always do that, Cornbread. If you've got the info, give us don't give us the info. So, so check this out. This this yeah. just just happened. So <laughs> while we're listening to the rehash segment, I, I mute the microphones 
and we're, we're listening to it, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, man, it's like, wow, I forgot about this, how good, it, you know, it's just a great performance from Ehab, and a plane flies over. Folks, is God is my witness, and I got three guys right here. He texted me, guys. Did you not see that? I showed you. I did. I saw it. He texted. Okay. Here it comes, oh yeah, it's fly pattern bound. I know you guys didn't hear it, but a plane flew over us. That's the truth. Flight from Atlanta, 184 souls, four hot chicks, one MILF, and two guys with man boobs. He updated the app. So Perfect. check this out. Listen. Oh, Do you hear that? Let's see if he texts you right here. Do you here. hear that? Yes. I hear it. Yeah. All right, so let's see what happens. That would be great if he texts you again. I'm not going to, I'm not going to. He's in Florida right now. I right? know he is. But I, t- I texted him and said, hey, dude, we heard that plane that you just reported on. I said, do it again next flight. So I'll be curious right now. So that was it. It's not going to happen again. It's not going to happen again. Oh, it would have been great, wouldn't it? Yeah. I, I, t- I, I got another story from the road. Okay. Uh, and I'll start telling it and don't hesitate. To, well, Once no, I don't need to tell you don't hesitate because I know you won't hesitate. To fire you, it up. If you fire up the you theme know, song, I'll stop you know my story mid, mid-sentence. mid When you're done with your story, we're getting into the Gimme Five. Okay. Got so real dog. quick. So uh, I stopped in to see my mom lives in South Carolina. Uh, I stopped to see her on the way down to Florida and once again, just by sheer luck and happenstance, uh, the uh, that Jason Beeler, Jeff Scott Soto, dude, stop! It. I know, you, right? Honestly, will you was and there Josh the same Kulo week. quit rubbing it in my face? So now I've seen it twice, and so has Josh. Yeah, which I know. Is awesome. Yeah, I know. So I, I, uh, <sighs> I got to see it Damn again, it. and so this time I go. So this time I drug my wife Renee and my daughter Audrey. I knew Audrey would be an easy sell because she loves anything live music related, right. as yeah. does Renee. Um, and I, and I knew that Renee would, would dig this sh- uh, show. I'm like, this show is anybody would, these guys are so cool and so talented, uh, that anybody would dig it. So anyway, they start into their show. It's, it's an extremely intimate venue. We're talking like maybe about three or four times the size of this garage. So it's like, there's about 60, maybe 65 people there. Very intimate venue. Oh. There's I, no, know, I know, I know, right? I know, I know. I'm kind of bu- missing Bob. I know, I know. So they start the show. They get about four or five songs in. It's like it's right in the throes of it. Everything is just magical. Their voices are awesome, and all of a sudden, like I can hear, I, I can hear commotion, like to my left. Girl fight, girl fight, her and, land, it, girl and fight, I'm like, oh my fight. god, another girl fight. Right? <laughs> so I'm like, so I'm, and I hear this lady say, "We need help, we need help." Oh, so I turn, and there's this this guy. Uh, I'd say he was probably 70-ish, and he's kind of convulsing. And oh, he, good Lord. And he's like, oh, now yeah. I feel bad. I know, right? But listen, it gets it, 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 okay. it takes a positive spin okay, good. if you can. I need that. So it looks like, from, from a, you know, anyone's standpoint, it looks like this guy's having a heart attack, you know? And he starts, he, he vomits all over the floor, and it, he's, uh, the room goes dead silent. Soto and Beeler stop their show. It, it, it's like, you know, every, it's like literally you could hear a pin drop in there. Here we come, oh yeah, it's fly pattern bound. Great story, Doug. <laughs> From New York, Bob just texted. 112 souls, one hot chick, no milfs or gilfs, too many man boobs to count. I don't think I like this update. <laughs> Boom! Please tell me this guy lives, so this whole bit gets erased. All right, I'm actually glad that that happened because I, you know, yeah. I was super bummed that Bob's not here. <laughs> so, uh, so, anyways, so the this guy's, um, you know, people are helping this guy, and the guy in the row in front of him is tending to him, and Jeff Scott Soto yells, 
give him CPR. And this guy turns around and snaps back at Soto. He doesn't need CPR. I'm a doctor. Like, I'm going to come and slap you if you don't shut up. I'm trying to help this guy kind of talk. I mean, he was pissed. So the room, now it's like uncomfortably silent in there, right? Oh my God, Doug. So this you goes saved on. this story? This is you. So this goes on for a little bit. And then, then the guy's friend is standing behind me. He's like, everybody just settle down. He's just drunk. We've been golfing all day. <laughs> so the guy, he's just fucking drunk. He got, he got drunk. He passed out and he threw up all over himself. He wasn't right. having a heart attack oh. or anything. So they lugged this guy outside. Well, somebody had already called 911. Oh, no. And, uh. So the squad's outside, and everybody's like, blah, blah. So now in this little teeny venue, I mean, it's this little teeny venue. There's puke all over the floor. You can't, you can't ignore it, all right? right? Right, And so they start playing again, and they're, and they're doing like, you know, they were doing All I Want, which is a great song, you know? Yeah. All yes, I, I know that. And uh, they're playing, and here comes the guy with the mop bucket out to start <laughs> swabbing the deck, like six feet from where they're playing at. And it's like right in the middle of the crowd. No, this story, so it's like, this story yeah. sounds made up. <laughs> it's, I swear this to God, This story sounds true. made up. So that you can't ignore it. You can't ignore it. So everybody's kind of like, it's that uncomfortable thing like, like they're singing this awesome song, but there's a guy swabbing up the deck right in front of them, you know? So they do an amazing job at playing it off. And then, um, so Jason Biller looks over at the guy that was the doctor. Right. He says, hey, I wanted to let you know that when Jeff Scott Soto yelled out, he needs CPR, and you said he doesn't need CPR, that I was on your side, dude. I already knew that he didn't need CPR. And everybody busts out Start laughing. Start laughing. Beeler's so they funny. bust out laughing. He's funny. So, so he says, Not what kind of doctor are you anyway? And the guy says, I'm actually a proctologist. So then everybody oh, loses. Oh, it. Stop <laughs> it! Stop it! I, this is starting to sound like Johnny Carson, so I'm just gonna let this it's start starting go. To sound like Forrest Gump, but I'm telling this you, this is really to be in the it, spot for all of this. Yes, stuff, it was insane. It was a, it was a great out. moment. But anyway, the the, oh, the awesome. last line that I'm gonna send you is, is Beeler says that it comes off with an ingenious line. He says, "So it went from being a life saving situation." To a sexual assault, and everybody everybody cracked up, and that was that was the end of the. Oh. And then, but they did a great job incorporating the jokes from this guy's situation into the show the rest of the night because it was too blatant to ignore. It was too intense. It was I way would too intense. It was. It happened like three or four feet from the stage, you know. So anyway. It was a it was a magical night. And how gutsy of me to go ahead and do the flight pattern Bob theme in the middle of a story where that guy could have died. And the guy could have died. He was just drunk, you know. <laughs> a retired drunk man threw up all over himself exactly. and got helped out of the room by a proctologist. I could have just kept it short. There was, I mean, there's been a couple times during the Blue Jacket playoffs where Heartland just kind of kind of has to keep an eye on me so I don't vomit <laughs> on myself. And he just lays me down and leaves. Okay. Okay, you know what? Here's what we got. Before we get, before we get, before, before we get to the Give Me Five, Cornbread, have you ever given anyone CPR? No. Okay. Heimlich? Yes. Okay, wow. Boom, boom, boom. Mm. All right. Heimlich, it was successful? Yes. Okay, good. I would have he's to like, edit that out. He's like, sadly, no. I would, have to, <laughs> I would have had to. There's two different edit points for this show, and that would have. Sadly, that would have, I failed miserably. I uh, That would yeah. have been the other one. I was like, God, I wish yeah. a plane would I come and save me. I broke the guy's ribs, me. and he died. All right, here we go. Top five hard rock stories. Number five, Taylor Hawkins. Five and four go together. Oh, yeah. All right, so Taylor mm-hmm. Hawkins wanted to scale back Foo Fighters' intense touring schedule before his death. Now, the claims were made by a number of people, including several of Taylor's best friends who were interviewed by Rolling Stone magazine. 
when that first came out, I remember uh, it, it was it was around lunchtime and, and Dorsey and I were hanging out in my office and we were just we always go through rock news and just talk and listening to tunes and stuff, just figuring out what the, what's going to happen that day. And uh, that story broke and he's reading it to me. I'm like, oh, my God, like, why would you write something like that? And it's like, man, if we just felt bad for Grohl, and we're like, oh, my God, can you what, the family, of course. Yeah, right. But this is coming from a he's touring too much angle anyway it was just it was very it just sucked when that article came out number four matt cameron and chad smith say their comments were taken out of context in the rolling stone article chad smith even apologized to hawkins family for for participating in what he called a sensationalized and misleading report that's that's it's this this whole story is crazy i feel bad for matt and chad this is the second time i'm telling you man like journalism, and look, I'm I'm not going to throw too many stones coming from radio, but this is like the second time I've had a story in the Gimme Five that involves out of context stuff. Mm-hmm. The whole Eddie Van Halen or the Van Halen tribute show with oh, Jason yeah. Newstead, which it sounds like he entrusted this journalist was kind of telling him off the record, and that ended up being part of the story that kind of blew this whole thing up. And then you hear this, and it's like, ah oh, man, because. Do you ever hear anything bad about Chad Smith or Matt Cameron? I mean, no, they're like the best dudes ever. And I mean, they care so much. And everyone, before Taylor even passed away, you knew those guys were all tight. Of course. That sucks, man, that and, that, and, that, and that even happened. Yeah. And during the interview, I'm sure, you know, they were trying to be like respectful and kind of just pay homage to the situation and who he was as an individual. And of course they spun the article like, Oh, he, you know, he wanted, they, they took, they took their quotes yeah, and made it sound the like that they were saying, Oh, he wanted out and they were just driving him too hard. You right. know, and we're, and that Chad, would make them feel bad. Yeah. Chad had even, thank you, cornbread. Chad had even made the comment that he thought it was going to be a celebration of Taylor's life. And that's mm-hmm. the only reason he had done it. And I'm sure that was the only reason that Cameron done it, had done, had did it. But anyway, it's just, yeah. what a, what a horrible, yeah. I just, to, to do something like that right after right I, I got to be death. honest, I really don't. Ha- Thank you very much, Cornbread. I appreciate that. Uh, I really don't have any, honestly, any interest in Rolling Stone, Rolling Stone. at all. Honest to God's yeah. truth, 50, it was almost 15 years ago, but I did it on the air. I I canceled my Rolling Stone subscription. Ask Dan Orr. It happened on the QFM listeners. Yeah. No, when they had Jack White, and I like the White Stripes. They had Jack White ahead of Eddie Van Halen. And their top one oh, in that current one hundred. Yeah, it was just one of those deals where they throw. I'm, I'm out. I'm that, out. That's ridiculous. I'm out. I don't. On. You have Jack White ahead of Eddie Van Halen. I think. I'm I out. think I gave up. Uh, I gave up somewhere in the early two thousands. I'm gonna say like two thousand six, two thousand seven, maybe. Um, there was like I read. I read a story in there, and I wish I could remember what it was, but I know I still have. I've got like my last like twelve issues are in a basket with a bunch of magazines that I saved. And I can't remember what the story I read was. I'm like, I'm like, why, why am I reading this? Right. Like, why? I don't give a shit about this. And like, why is this story even in this magazine? And isn't it crazy, Doug? Like, we come from the circus hit parader cream. Yes. Where, and, and we're having a problem with these folks writing. Yeah. I, I mean, it's. I don't think this is get off my lawn, fifty year old <laughs> dudes. Stuff. No, I don't think I, so. I don't think it's that. I no. really don't. Yeah. I. I mean, obviously, we are not. We are not, we're not by their any target. stretch of the we're imagination, the demographic there that they're looking at. We're not their target. But when they're talking about like, yeah. but That's you're talking about the Foo Fighters and stuff that, no, those guys are still very important to 
Gen Xers and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, for Rolling Stone to kind of... Anyway, I, I'm i on team Matt Cameron and Chad Smith on that one. I'll take you on that as well. Number three, according to Sharon Osbourne, the new Ozzy album will drop in September. Appearing on this record, check this out. I saw got this Chad yesterday, Smith, yeah. uh, Robert Trujillo, Tony Iommi, Eric Clapton is going to be on this one. Mike McCready, one of my favorites, and uh, Josh Homme from... And Duff uh, McKagan. And, and Duff's going to be on it as yeah. well. Yeah. So... They asked Jimmy Page. He was like doing something else. Yeah. I don't think it was a, a a diss or anything like that. From what I've read, who knows? Maybe Rolling Stone will have a different take on it. Mm-hmm. But but I think that uh, <laughs> I think that uh, Jimmy Page just had it was a scheduling conflict. From what I understand, that yeah. he was even going to do it. So what's that tell you, Doug? I mean, you this know, is Ozzy's last album. It's Ozzy, yeah. It's I mean, Ozzy's last right. album. This I is will Ozzy's say, last I, I I guarantee you that you and I probably read that article. If not at the exact same time, probably within an hour of each other right. when it came out. Because I saw it pop up, and I read it, and uh, it was a picture of him sitting there with Sharon, you know, was talking right. to the camera or whatever. And uh, I was like, you know, I, I'm. It, it's awesome that he still makes music, because it's obviously like, he doesn't have to do it. He doesn't have to. And, you know, it's something that probably keeps him... Yeah, in his no, I get mu- it, man. It keeps him and grounded. It ke- it's, it's who he is as an individual. He'll never play another live show i can't imagine no. quite honestly a, a big part of me hopes that he never does because well, i'd rather remember him what he was yeah yeah uh, doug I, honestly and we're having and the reason i even threw this on there so we can have this conversation i mean i think this we're rounding third here man because yeah. I, and ozzy just recently got over covid mm-hmm. um he I mean he's sick yeah it's the part he has parkinson's i mean he's just it's uh that last record was really really good yeah. Okay. The last yeah. record, Ordinary Man, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah, was, really good. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was. I, uh, look, I mean, I'm probably. I gonna, I'm, you know me. Yes. I, yeah. I'm an Ultimate Sin guy. So yes. what do I know about Ozzy's catalog? <laughs> probably not a lot. In a lot of people's eyes. That's don't tell Joe episode. Dawkin. Yeah. Don't tell Joe Dawkin that. Yeah. He please, doesn't want to hear about my love. Please see for, our past catalog for the uh, for, for the dis- debates on Bark at the Moon versus Ultimate Sin. Sin. Yes. But I, it just it mm-hmm. feels like. It, this is it. It just feels like it's it. And it, it almost does. seems this this whole record, this last record, it seems to have been, I don't want to say rushed, but it feels that way as far as a fan just kind of reading the stories, the way it was all put together. Yeah. So it makes me nervous that this, and I'm also hearing, and Dorsey told me this before uh, we recorded, he sent me a text, but we're probably going to get a new single really quick. Ah, so that cool. might be soon as well. So all right, good. Anyway, man, I just I you know I say I, I, I don't want to see uh, he can make music until you know uh, yeah forever. And I'm sure that, you know he is one artist that when he is no longer with us, uh, they'll be pulling stuff out of the archives for decades. Yeah, I can't even imagine how much stuff that he has probably laid down tracks for. Uh, vocal tracks and like demos and things that he has done during his lifetime. He's had his own studio for, I don't even know how long, 30 years plus easily. Hope I'm wrong, man. Hope yeah. I'm wrong. But yeah. It, so anyway, did you hear that flying over our head? I did. Here we comes, oh yeah, it's fly pattern bound. This is great. This is in real time for us recording this. Yeah. What, this comes from LaGuardia, 123 souls, no hot chicks. I'm not even proof. I'm not proofreading these, so no. Should you? Uh, and just for you, a gilf signing off, staying somewhere in Tennessee, and then uh, they're rolling up the streets. So I think Bob's on his way back. <laughs> Bob's on. 
Somewhere in Tennessee is always their halfway spot. So I'm kidding. Bob went down to go get his Corvette, and he's yeah. driving it back. He's and probably if, just, he's, if he's in Tennessee, he might be here in the next two hours. The, the way, way he, he thought, drives yeah. that thing. Yeah. All right, so. Uh, well, we'll find that's uh, that'll be for another episode. Uh, I got a question real yes, quick for cornbread. You, oh, okay, no, that's no problem. No, I get. Oh, there's a Doug, your, your question. As the plane flies over, it's like there's too much going on here. It really is. It's there's a lot of like I said, there's a lot of moving parts. Cornbread, do you think this will be Ozzy's last album? Yes. Yeah. There you there go. There you go. He's almost kind of our if uh, magic if magic. Hold on, I'm gonna question. This is gonna be great. What? Oh, you see this? You're gonna like this. Cause he'll know. Cornbread, <laughs> were magic eight balls made in Lancaster? No. <laughs> <laughs> right, he's like a magic eight ball, dude. Yeah. I love it. Only one of them was. Yes. Okay. All right, let's get to number two. Okay. James Hetfield gets emotional on stage last week at a show in Brazil, told the crowd he wasn't feeling very good before he came out, felt like an old dude, insecure feelings. As he said, just a bunch of bullshit. He said the guys in the band told him he wasn't alone, and they said they had his back. He got some hugs on stage from the guys. The crowd went nuts. He, in fact, told the crowd uh, they were all in this together, and they're here for each other. He also got teary-eyed during Fade to Black. I hate this story. Mm. I hate this. And I just, I, yeah. I do. I, I absolutely, it, a lot of these guys, when they're going through stuff like that, we don't know. Yeah. Like, it, it just feels like, and James is, you know, he tries to be a private guy, but when you're running around with Lars Ulrich and that's your dude, I mean, you're going to know a lot of everybody's stories. Right. Uh, this actually happened on stage. I'm sure James, I don't know what, I don't, I just think a lot of James Hetfield and I, I hold him in high regard oh, as yeah. far I mean, as dude. as rhythm guitar. He turned, uh, he turned riff the page master. for riff so master. many guys like riff you master. and I that like took us from listening to one kind of music to listening to, to another. another. It was kind James Hetfield. Yeah, it was James Hetfield, without a doubt. So I just I hope everything's cool there, man. You know, I don't want to yeah. go into too much because it's like, man, that's just a really dark subject. You know, but I, I want the best for James, and it sounds like the guys have his back. That was super cool what they did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just, man, I, I just here's what I, I think a big pro, like I would cause if if I was if I was in his shoes, if I was you know at at that point in my career where I felt like you know I knew that in my heart that I wasn't the player. That, and the vocalist that I was, you know, earlier in my career, it's so public now, you know, before it didn't matter, you know, you mess up at a few shows, nobody knew, nobody cared, but like this whole thing with, uh, uh, John Bon Jovi, I mean, you know, he goes down those first, those first handful, handful of shows and the videos are everywhere and everybody's crucifying him on air right. about how bad he sounds. Obviously Vince Neil stuff's documented as it, you could the laundry, it's a laundry list you're, of performers you're talking to David Lee Roth's biggest fan, right? David Lee Roth. So I get, I yeah. The David Lee Roth shows so from I Vegas. The heat off yeah, yeah. Quite so these, you know, guys that are at that point in their career, you know, I mean, if, if he's, if, if he's already a little insecure about whether or not he knows in his heart that he's not the player he used to be or the vocalist he used to be or whatever. And you're going out there to play in front of, 70 80,000 people on a, you, on a small night. Yeah, you don't yeah, right, it's true in Brazil it's, you know, uh, whatever, but you don't want to be the guy that's on 
that's hitting the wire the following day being like, listen to how shitty this guy sounds. Listen to what, you know. But, but think about how, how it is right now, especially with social media and everything. I'm not going to blame social media, but I mean, all these guys that we're talking about, I mean, from, from Chris Cornell to Taylor Hawkins to James Hetfield, it's like, man, when these guys get older, we have these, these, these notions uh-huh. of, of how they're going to be able to continue to do this. These guys are a little different. I mean, I'm not downplaying what the guys in the 60s and 70s did, but we're talking about a little different style of music and, and what is expected on stage. Oh, for and, sure. and yeah. so, you know, the it, the chips got pushed more to the middle, man, as we went through decade by decade. And you talk about guys like James Hetfield, Cornell, and, and Taylor Hawkins that just... I mean, that'd be tough, man, getting older and playing that style of music. Yeah, so yeah I, I it would just, be. It'd I just, be, nothing it, but good vibes to It would be field, tough to, to, get, to get older and still be in that big of a spotlight and feel like every time you stepped out there, you were being analyzed if you were still the person that you, yeah. that you were. You know, and when you already know in your heart that you're not, but you're still trying to get everything you got just to please your audience, it, it would be. It'd be very tough. There comes a point where it's like, man... James, just go, just go make music if you want to make music. Yeah. If you don't want to play, dude, I get it, man. I was, I was lucky enough to see him in the heyday, and I'm totally content. Um, but he just seems like such a good dude. He's so, he's so fan friendly. Yeah, all those guys are, man, in Metallica. They truly are. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I became such a big fan. Is because they were accessible to me. And uh, but anyway, man, I just I just hope the best for him. I yeah, just, that's yeah, that was that's a, troubling. That, that was that an unexpected uh, unexpected me. development. Yeah. We're gonna close on a happy one though. Number one, Glam Slam Metal Jam this summer. Enough's enough. Pretty Boy Floyd <laughs> hit the road together along with a band called the Midnight Devils. Might have a cat from the Midnight Devils on the show later ah, this year. Which one, Jimmy? Or? Uh, it'll be the main guy, the guitarist. I've got uh, his number. Uh, Beasley sent it to me. Yeah, but they're on this tour right now with the Choir Boys, so I kind of just I'm waiting till. That all settles down. So, since the biggest enough's enough, Pretty Boy Floyd fans are here in the garage tonight. I figured let's discuss ah, here true. quickly as we wrap this show up. The Columbus <laughs> date is Friday, June 10th at the King of Clubs. You're the biggest Pretty Boy Floyd fan. God, I, know. I hope so. <laughs> I, hey, man, I tell you what. I used to think I was the biggest Enough's Enough fan, but they, they got a, there's yeah. a lot more Enough's Enough I'm, fans I'm than I'm I I'm sure thought. that I'm not the pretty biggest the biggest Pretty Boy Floyd fan in the world or, you know, in, in Ohio. Excited, excited for that show. What are you expecting, Doug? Uh, I mean, the cool thing is I already know what to expect because uh, Pretty Boy Floyd is doing the anniversary tour of their first album, Leather Boys with Electric right Toys. On. So I know they're going to play that album front to back. And then they're going to play like another, you know, five or six songs on top of that, which are ones that, you know, their favorites off of their other albums. Um, and I know just from what I've seen online, I kind of have a pretty good idea which songs they're going to play on top of that. When they play the stuff. new songs, let me know because I'm going to be at the merch. You table. know, I hope that they do play some stuff. That, that's a crazy <laughs> thing that they don't, they don't, be, once they start doing this anniversary tour pre-COVID and then it obviously got held up pre, uh, going into COVID and they've continued it since. They have, they kind of, it was like that album that they had come out in 2000, uh, I guess it came out in 2018. Listen to you. Listen to you. Uh, I know, dude. Yeah. I come from my 2018, uh, the uh, public enemies album uh that is almost like it went to the wayside and everything's just focused on you know reliving the original album whatever i don't care i'm gonna be there with bells on i'm gonna buy every piece of merchandise they have um so here's one thing i will tell you this arch so the last several times i've seen pretty boy floyd it was at a festival in a festival atmosphere so i'm at rocklahoma man uh, it wasn't rocklahoma it was the cat house live uh cat house live show and the picture um, taken with him and you were that was at Cat House Live, oh, Cat and then I also House, saw right him on. at the Hair Nation Festival. 
So in a festival atmosphere, all day outside, whatever, I didn't buy any merch because I'm like, I'm not carrying this shit around all day. Right. I'm not buying any vinyl. I'm not going to buy T-shirts and hats and whatever because I don't want to carry it around all day. Well, let me tell you, King of Clubs, fucking five miles from my house. Isn't that I'm gonna, great? I'm going to be bringing in a shopping bag. Yeah. 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 I'm going to get everything. Well, yeah, because hey, I'm. Yeah. You know who's the best salesman in the biz? Chips enough. You're probably gonna pull something <laughs> off that. You're gonna pull That's something right. off that table as well. <laughs> That's I right. cannot wait, Doug. I cannot wait to see Pretty Boy Floyd with you and look you in the eyes. Oh God! And then and then when Chips out there, yeah. And then we're like, this is gonna be. Yeah, I'll be excited. It'll be an exciting night. It, it's yeah. gonna, dude. Honestly, you know what? That's going to be the night where everybody's looking at us, dude. I know. They're going to be looking at the stage. They're going to be looking at those two goofballs. I'm going to be that freaking goofball that's going to be oh, like can't way wait. too excited. Yeah. Cannot wait, Doug. That's going to be <laughs> such a fun night. Upcoming Rock House shows. Uh, I'll just throw a few of them at you. Like I said, you we, uh, I'm, I'm very thankful that I, I love playing on the road. Um, we've got two shows in Cleveland this weekend. I know this will, this will probably, this will drop, uh, what, Friday or Monday? Yeah, yeah. No, it'll week. do Friday. Well, um, it is an hour long. The hour long episodes usually yeah. take me a little nah, longer yeah, cool. to, to, uh, to, um, to kind of get And then we've, we've got uh, two shows in Indiana next weekend. I'm just going to, a bit, couple big ones we've got coming up here locally, though. I'll, I'll just tell those. Um, we are, we are, uh, Gonna be uh, doing obviously Leon's Garage. We got two shows at Leon's Garage, which is the new home of QFM ninety six bike yep, nights. Yep, yep, yep. We've got a bike night and a Saturday night out there. Um, we are doing. Uh, we're gonna be back at Putin Bay this year, the end of June, um, and uh, we've got several festivals around town, and in, in, including Oktoberfest. So I'm. Go to rockhouseofficial.com because honestly, I'm at the point now where I can't really remember where we're going to be. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair <laughs> That's enough. okay. It's a good problem to have. But uh, Oh, we're back. Buckeye Lake. We're Buckeye Lake. I'm excited. Papa Booze is back in full swing this year with oh, bands. Oh, good for them. Um, we have not played at Papa Booze since 2019. So we'll be at Papa Booze the end of, I believe it's the last weekend in June. Doug. We knew this was going to be fun. Did we not know <laughs> this was going to be fun? Don't you? Like, yeah. What we're able looking there goes up. There goes a plane. Flight pattern Bob is done. He's somewhere in Tennessee, and he doesn't seem like he's having a good time. He can't wait to get home, so he'll be here next week. So the upcoming schedule for Garage Days, May 27th, the drummer for Triumph, Gilmore. No shit. He called the garage last week. You gotta be week. shitting me. Are you serious? I'm, 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 not, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. That's amazing, dude. A lot of times, I'll put these all over the place, like when it's somebody big like that, like I'll I'll put it on QFM96.com or I'll put it at different... This is gonna be a Garage Days exclusive. He dude, called last week. That's fucking incredible. It, the, the, uh, the documentary from Banger Films came out last week. We discuss that. I, I'm even lucky enough that I talked to him about the US Festival. I had to. And it was just, it was amazing. It was amazing. Unreal. And and Gil's one of those guys, man, you always hear great stories about, and it couldn't have been any cooler. Where does he live? Uh, outside of Toronto. He says it over, because he's at Metalworks, mm -hmm. and he says it. I cannot think of that Canadian town, but he always says it when he says Metalworks, and he'll 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 say it in this, this interview. But cool. yeah, that's going to happen on the 27th. Uh, let's see here. Then June 3rd, he makes his return to the Hawks Nest. And he is going to be making margaritas for the gang. Brown Foreman Ambassador Whiskey Pete Wagner is going to join the show. Oh. So Whiskey Pete is going to drop some summer drinking knowledge on all of us. Can I come out for that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'll invite everybody for that. Yes. But he, he just comes up with great ideas, uh, easy stuff to make. But those margaritas that he makes with the, with the tequila from Brown Foreman is fantastic. I don't want to... Say which ones he's bringing because I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. There's a couple different ones 
they're all amazing and it's gonna it's gonna taste awesome so well, okay. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> hold on, hold on. This is something, I got a question, then we're oh, done. There's a party going on like a double Cornbread, how, how much tequila should he bring for us? A uh, couple liters. A couple liters. All right. Do they measure that in liters, Doug? Did you know that? I didn't. I thought it was pace. Cornbread would <laughs> appreciate the downloads. Until the next episode, stay frosty. I'll have to check that out.